0: Johnson. Kobe White, pull up three, overcares the bird and nails it. Bulls insider for NBC Sports Chicago. Coming on soft! Covering everything from the Dynasty to Derek to DeMar, KC Johnson. I've covered the NBA for a long time. With Mully and Ha. Bulls On 670 The Score.
1: Mully and Ha, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Always oh, a delight to talk to KC Johnson and all guests appear on the score hotline presented by soda weight loss. Visit soda weight com. That's S O T a KC. Good morning. How are you?
2: What's going on guys? How you doing?
1: Well, it's a whole new season and David now has the, the bulls. Did you have them in the playoffs or the, or the title game? I what? have
3: them in the playoffs, not the title. You said they're set said to get on a run on their way. Okay didn't say where.
1: Uh and that's because Patrick Beverly is bringing the magic dust, right?
2: That's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's
1: a he's a tough kid. He's a local guy and he's got a little bit of crazy to him and he's going to, you know, mix it up with anyone.
2: Yeah, he's a very uh uh outgoing personality, shall we say. He uh <laughs> He likes uh, revving up crowds. He likes getting in opponents' faces. He enjoys the banter. He enjoys uh, being a pesky defender. Um, he's got a outgoing personality. So, um, look, this has been a team that, as we've seen many times, has slept walk through a lot of uh, games. Um, Patrick Beverly doesn't play that way. So, he's also a guy that fits in. Um, he knows his role in the locker room, so I don't expect him to, um, try to overstep his lane, but, uh, I think it's a, you know, it's a 23 game experiment. I have, I have no problem with the signing. I think in some ways you can make the argument that he fits better than, than Russell Westbrook might have. Not that that would have been a bad fit. Um, and, uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's interesting and intriguing for these final 23 games to watch where it goes.
3: I love the story, Casey, and I know you're familiar with it as much as anybody because you remember back in 2010 when they considered signing him, and then I think again in, in 2012 he was involved in a summer conversation, and then I think 2019 was the most recent possibility. It's always been something, it seems like, on his basketball bucket list. He wants to play for the Bulls and wear that uniform because of you know growing up in the city, playing for Marshall. All those things are in play and have to have been a factor why this makes a lot of sense for him. And I think at this point in time, as you point out, it makes a lot of sense for the Bulls, but it is a cool homecoming story.
2: No question. Uh, And here's the thing, like, he's always been about winning and impacting teams to try to make the playoffs. You add in the element of doing it for his hometown Bulls when they're in a tough spot, man, that just takes it to to another level. So, you know, we don't want to overstate matters. He's not going to be out there playing 42 minutes a night. you know, he's he's signed to, to play a role. But it, it's a great story from both a local level and it's an intriguing story from an impact level. I think he can help. I think he can make a difference. Um, and I know for a fact, because I've talked to some people in, in his world, that he's, you know, over the moon about this. And as you mentioned, David, has long wanted this opportunity um, to, to play for his hometown Bulls.
1: Yeah, um, you know, he's a guy that um... – you know will help their perimeter defense will you know kind of get in the face of, of different people if need be opponents or maybe teammates um how quickly do you believe he he gets involved in this i mean do you see him actually playing on friday how healthy are they what uh, what will happen here and and uh, casey i'm sure they're going to have a practice or two before the game right they won't just yeah they
2: Yeah, they're due for two practices coming out of the All-Star break, Wednesday and Thursday. So they'll have some acclimation time. As for whether or not he'll play, that's obviously a Billy call and something we'll ask him. I would think that if you're going to sign him for a 23-game experiment, I think you're going to see him out there sooner rather than later. I think the biggest area where I like to fit is beyond the defense and the three-point shooting, although that's tailed off in recent years, he, he... ostensibly as a point guard, but he really plays more off the ball and he can play make, he can bring the ball up, but he just is one of those guys who fits in. I don't see him as ball dominant as Russell Westbrook might have been. Um and, you know, he's a guy that will will cede to, to the the stars. So he'll he'll blend in that way. I think he'll take some pressure off them at times, but he won't be uh taking usage or opportunity too much away from those guys. I think he'll 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 augment them probably a little bit better than a Paul dominant kind guy of like Russell Westbrook minus.
3: He'll see to the stars on the court. I wonder what the dynamic will be in the locker room. I wonder about how this will go over because he doesn't enter any room quietly, it seems. And I think that his impact is part of the reason he's you know, he's here and why teams want him to be part of it because of his just mentality, his attitude, and the way that his energy changes changes the dynamic what do you expect and who is going to be affected the most do you think kc
2: well as far as who's going to be affected the most uh i assume you're asking about role uh, or well just in terms
3: of okay we talk about well who's the the cutting first of all yeah cutting but also the complacency that we talk about and have noticed by the bulls is there any one person or any is it just collective that you think this will change
2: yeah i think it's just more of a collective thing and again like i said before he's not a guy who overspoken a personality but he's not going to come in and just act like it's his team that's just not who he is that's not how he operates it's never how he's operated he's a team guy he fits in so yes his personality is his personality but it's not like he was walking out of the lake locker room telling lebron james what to do i mean he's not stupid so um uh i i think you know he and zach levine used to share an agency I, i've been told that that zach is is pretty happy about the move. So there's that. Uh, I, 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 he just, I think there's no downside to this. Um, because like I said, it's a 23 game experiment. He is ecstatic about the opportunity playing for his hometown team and he's going to come in and try to impact winning. That's his only focus. And his only goal. Um, I do expect, um, as far they do need to make, create a roster spot. Molly asks, I, I I, I think it's going to be Tony Bradley. There's a small chance it might be Goran Dragic, just because you know his role is going to be impacted the most because that's the veteran point guard they brought in. His his rotational role has been dwindling over recent weeks, anyway. And if you throw another guard in the mix, I think that opportunity almost goes by the wayside. So those are the two names that I'm focused on. Um, but uh, I, like I said, I think this is a really positive development for for the Bulls.
1: Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting because they probably would have taken Russ if he were if they were able to get him. And as you say, that is more of a, a ball-dominant guard, and this is a totally different feeling uh, with with P. Bevin. And, and because he is from here, it is like one of his goals to play for the Bulls. So it, I think you will see the best from the guy, and I don't think there'll be a lot of um, – I, I don't see a lot of downside to the move now – you know, we talked before about the whole Tristan Thompson thing. The buyout guys are available for a reason. Um, this is this is a little bit different because he's more of a specialist.
2: Yeah, and, and also because he fits more of a position of need, really, yes. from my perspective. Yes. You know, I mean, like, he he is, you know, his three-point shooting is tailed off a little bit, but he's, you know, a career 37.3-point shooter, Um the Bulls vet to me lapses defensively. He's a get in your face defender, uh, on the perimeter. Um, and like I said, he can he can bring the ball up, but he can also play off the ball, so he's a nice combo guard in, in that realm. I um, also, yeah. you know, I mean, you can't not look at the connection and the benefit that this could provide for Ilo Desumu where, you know, his minutes might go down somewhat. You know, I always talks about being a sponge. I mean, here's a, a mentor from from Chicago that, you know, another brain that he can pick. So I think that that's another layer to this as well. You know, the Russ thing, um, I, I, he would have had such a familiarity here with the coaching staff with Billy Donovan and Maurice cheeks and and Josh Longstaff that, um, I think that would have been fine for a 23 game experiment too. I just think as far as playing fit, I think Patrick Beverly might have a little bit better upside, uh, than Russell Westbrook did. I mean, Russell's probably a more talented player at this stage of his career, um, but I think Beverly is a nice fit for what the Bulls need.
3: Not that it's a big deal, Casey, but did Russell Westbrook pick the Clippers over the Bulls? Was that an either-or for him, or was the Bulls' interest overstated?
2: No, they had interest. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't I don't have it reported to the point where it was those that were the two finalists, but the Bulls were in that conversation for sure they're in that mix and there's you know you can just connect the dots i mean you know he picks the club person then they move on right to beverly um you know and, and i had kind of laid that out that, that beverly was in the mix um with some report did last week so um this is this is kind of just the way you thought it would play out i mean russell was going to decide and they were going to move on to the next layer of guards and and you know, we've obviously been debating about this in the media room amongst the beat writers who cover this team, and there's several of us who who are making the points that I'm making, that you can make the argument that Patrick Beverly is a is more of a fit and, and you know, supplies more of the needs that the Bulls have. So we'll see how it plays out. There was quite a bit of excitement uh, over adding Tristan Thompson at this time last year, and that was kind of underwhelming. Even though his stats were good, it just didn't seem to really translate much to winning. So... They still need to play better as a team. I mean, Patrick Beverly's not going to come in and single-handedly save the season. They need to play better as a team.
1: And, uh, you know, you heard LeBron coming out of the All-Star game, and we'll have to ask you about that, um, say that these are the most 20 the, – the, these next 23 games are the most important of his life. Are these the most important 23 games of the Bulls? Le- LeBron-like, like, I don't know how existence? to – Existence? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, I did hear, uh, I, I watched DeMar DeRozan's, uh, uh post-All-Star game uh, on news conference just because I'm a sick man. Uh, I was not in Salt Lake City. And, you know, he alluded to it as as pretty important, too, and that that's, you know, his only focus is to get fully healthy and to, to you know, get this team on a run and into the playoffs. So, um, you know, I will say, you know, we, we're talking about Patrick Beverly coming in and lighting a fire in the locker room. I mean, DeMar's a pretty chill guy, but I mean, it's not like the dude doesn't you know play intensely in his own way and, and take things seriously. So he he understands the importance of this stretch run, and you know the Bulls as a whole know how poorly they played. They're they're not happy with it. They're embarrassed by it, and we'll see what they got over these final twenty three games.
3: Well, he is the master of the mid range, as he was introduced yeah. on Sunday. So in his sixteen minutes, Casey, did you? See uh, a player that is not going to be bothered by his injury that kept him out of the last couple of games before the break. Were you surprised he played at all because of the the status that he went into the break? Uh, and is he fine now?
2: Yeah, I had no problem with it. I, I I think for people that that focus on that, I mean, those aren't taxing minutes as we all oh, saw. Yeah, I mean, Zach did the same thing. They were taxing
1: to watch, Casey.
2: Yes, there you go. Zach did the same thing last year with his left knee. Uh, He did not miss the game before the All-Star break. So I understand the optics might look a little differently for DeMar, but I got no problem with it. He would have been playing basketball over the break anyway, in a rehab situation, getting out on the court, um, he's going to be fine. Uh, they played Thursday before the break. He's going to have eight days between games, a lot of treatment, a lot of rest. He knows his body as well as anybody. If those were playoff games, those last two games before the break, he would have been out there. It was a minor injury. Um, you know, he has been playing through it for a while, but those are the, you know things that a lot of players are going through, uh, in the stage of a season, they just got to play through aches and pains. And I expect them to be fine for these final 23 games.
1: I I was telling David, I can't think of any way to fix that all-star game. If the players don't care, I thought the NBA did a good job with the weekend and putting everything together. And obviously the, the former bull winning the dunk contest was awesome. Uh, Dame Lillard future bull any chance. Um, But it was just, it was just an awful game. And you know, financial incentive, and by that I mean offer every player who wins a million dollars of the opponent's money. Maybe that would be the kind of incentive. Other than that, I don't know why you're playing an All-Star game if no one wants to play. There was no competitiveness at all to that game.
2: Yeah, the Elam Mendy was supposed to add that. It did a little bit in that uh, game in Chicago in 2020. I thought that was actually a pretty competitive finish. Um, I bet at All-Star games – Um, the one in Orlando in 2012, when Tom Thibodeau and the Bulls coaching staff was representing the East was extremely competitive. I always forget if Kobe broke Dwayne Wade's nose or vice versa. Anyway, those two guys were going at it and one of them broke the other guy's nose. Um, so there have been times where it has been competitive, but yeah, that was pretty, pretty, uh, it was just a three point shooting contest basically is all it was, um, I do love All Star Saturday night. I think that's pretty awesome. And here's the thing I would say, like, I'm a little bit in defense of the players here because they there are so many community service appearances over that weekend and so many sponsor events and obviously there are a lot of parties too, that by the time they get to Sunday they're they're cooked, man. They're they're like done, you know. So I don't know how you fix it if you want the event the weekend to be as much of an event as it is for the whole league and all the sponsors and the showcase and all that stuff because these players i've been there man they just do not really have a free minute they're getting pulled in a lot of different directions over the weekend so it's an issue for sure
3: let's look ahead kc the bulls come back on friday they've got four winnable games right out of the gate and i just wonder you can't waste any of the 23 games remaining whether patrick beverly is involved early and often or not when you look at these first four games don't they have to do uh, have finished three and one in these first four opponents to have any sort of hope of sneaking into the play-in or the playoffs
2: yeah you're to, to answer your question yes but what i would say david i put this on twitter one time is uh i'm a little tired of people saying bulls have winnable games because you know what opponents are saying the same thing when they see the bulls in their schedule they're saying that's a winnable game you know it's like i get it i you know, it's an opportunity. It's a sub 500 team. It's not an elite team. I get it, but that's what the Orlando Magic are saying. When the Bulls come up, they're like, "Man, there's a chance for us to get one." I mean, that's just the way the season is. But this season is gone, and that's an indictment on the Bulls. Um, so, to answer your question, yes, they they have to. They 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 can't squander any more of these games. But we've been seeing them do that all season, and that's why they're in the position they're in. So. I'll be as curious as everyone else see what kind of response they have. Brooklyn just got them, you know, out there the day that they made all those franchise-altering moves. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Patrick Beverly will be, you know, obviously ready to go. I think the crowd will give him a great ovation. I think it's going to be a fun story. But they got to play better. Um, and uh, it's a... Uh, to your point, they, can, they, they, they can't waste any games because they, they put themselves in a really poor situation to, to make the playoffs. The,
1: the six-game losing streak to, to get to the All-Star break is some of the worst basketball they've played. I mean, it was god-awful, and they blew leads in different games. and it, it, It's just shocking that they've managed to lose in that fashion. It, you know... It, KC, it was not that long ago we thought they were like a game or two away from five hundred. low, well, they here. They come and then just fizzle.
2: Well, and and also Molly, you know, a game or they were twenty six and twenty seven, I believe, and and that right. was when you know they were also with all those high profile victories over like the Celtics and Bucks. So you you, did, you had a you had a, a a decent feeling about this team, and it, yeah, that was just a, a very poor way to enter the All serve break. That game in Indiana. I mean, I was at both of them, and to have those happen, those train wrecks happen in that close of fat in that close of time period in the same fashion was just really painful to watch. I mean, that 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 was a disastrous loss, and um, you know, those are the ones that have happened too often. I mean, they've blown right. five games with a lead of 16 points or more. That's almost unconscionable. So you need to see them. You know, get past that issue that you need to see Patrick Beverly come in and make an impact and you need to see your stars play better down the stretch. It's, it's as simple as that and uh, I'm as excited as anybody to see where it goes. The only thing
3: that would have made that Pacers game more watchable, Casey, if you would have done play-by-play.
2: <laughs> you guys immortalized that enough with my intro to, to <laughs> your guys' show. <laughs> so thank you for that. Uh, Karis Lever- Kobe White with a pull-up three over Karis Bird.
1: There you go. That's great. Uh, you're the Good best, stuff, KC. KC. Thank you, buddy.
2: All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate that it. That is KC Johnson.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.